Frito-Lay has recently announced a multi-million dollar investment into Hispanic markets by expanding the U.S. distribution of the 100-year-old Gamesa brand, along with the Sabritas and Nachuchip brands, all to coincide with Hispanic Heritage Month. We chat to Antonio Escalona, Senior VP and GM of PepsiCo North America's recently created Hispanic business unit, about the major investment, the importance of the Hispanic market to the snacks giant, the commitment behind PepsiCo's recently launched Juntos Crecemos, and how the pandemic has swayed the company's focus and impetus. Antonio, and thank you so much indeed for joining me today. Uh, firstly, please could you tell me about Frito-Lay's investment into the Hispanic markets? Well, first of all, thank you so much for the invite. I'm really honored to be part of this podcast. And um, I'd like to start by giving you a little bit of a background. Um, Frito-Lay, as you know, is uh, America's leading food company. It's an $18 billion business which has been present for more than 85 years and manufacturing tasty renowned brands such as Lay's, Fritos, Cheetos, Doritos, among others that, you know, our consumers really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and we strive every day to be always everywhere. And this is achieved through a nationwide network of more than 66,000 associates. Um, so this company, our company, serves their customers, supports local communities, and we make sure consumers get their snacks and food products that they want. All right. So our company has been built on a foundation of diversity, and we have long recognized that our company thrives when we reflect the communities that we serve and our size and our scale and us with the ability and the responsibility to help build a more equitable and more inclusive world. So very importantly, Frito-Lay and PepsiCo have long-standing relationship with Hispanic food and beverages small businesses, and our Hispanic brands have been present in the U.S. for more than 20 years. So on September 30th, in the middle of the Hispanic Heritage Month, we announced a multi-million dollar investment to expand our U.S. distribution of the Gamesa brand, which mm-hmm. is the largest manufacturer of cookies and crackers in Mexico, which, by the way, is celebrating 100 years this year, while also increasing access to our Sabritas and Nacho Chips products, which um, you know allows us to better provide Hispanic consumers with the products and the, and the brands that they love. So these investments um, that we announced include launching 30 new Gamesa sales routes mm-hmm. that are going to serve approximately 5,800 retail stores in Texas. We're also installing about 5,500 new in-store merchandising units. And we are also um, using this investment to better equip our sales teams to distribute you know, these consumers' favorite products. So our just, just to give you more context on Gamesa, uh, we offer a full lineup of brands such as Maria's, which is, you know, a, beloved brands in Mexico and, and also growing in, in the U.S., um, Emperador, Mammut, and Arcoiris. So in addition, as a company, we're committed to our racial equality journey, and we've made several key commitments to further propel this agenda and support Blacks and Hispanics across the U.S. For example, we recently announced investments of $172 million um, in commitments over the next five years to mm-hmm. uplift Hispanic communities and businesses and to help increase Hispanic representation at levels within PepsiCo. As a proof, in August, um, the company uh, launched a new program, actually um, called Juntos Crecemos, a $50 million platform 
of which Frito-Lay is contributing $20 million and is aimed at strengthening U.S. Hispanic-owned businesses, including restaurants, bodegas, and carnicerias over the next five years. So with this, our business will be supporting development tools and providing access to capital that is not easily available through traditional sources. So that said, over the next five years, this Juntos Crecemos program will provide access to grants, leadership training, networking and mentoring, while developing business growth opportunities and raising visibility for Hispanic small businesses, which nowadays is so important, especially after you know the effects of this uh, pandemic we've been living you know for more than a year. And um, at the same time, during this period, our company is invest investing about $87 million in our Hispanic business units, so in PepsiCo Hispanic business units, uh, that are going to allow us to further support uh, our Hispanic customers. So as you can see, as a business, we know we are going to succeed when our community succeeds. And Hispanics are key not only to our business, but uh -huh. to our communities and to the economic growth of this country, and we will continue to support them. Fantastic. Is this sector an important segment for PepsiCo Foods North America? And how big is the Hispanic market in North America? Well, actually, it is a quite important segment for mm -hmm. company. Um, today, there is approximately 60 million Hispanic uh, Hispanics living in the U.S., which represent close to 20% of the country's total population. So they are incredibly important demographic to our business just because of their size. But beyond that, um, their importance will only continue to grow. I can tell you that just recently, um, we had the last census data in the U.S. Uh, uh, from 2020, but it was just released less than two months ago. And this data revealed that the Hispanic population grew 23% since the previous census from 2010. That right. is five times faster than the non-Hispanic population. Over the next five years, it is expected that Hispanics will account for over half or 54% of the U.S. population growth. So, and when you look at Hispanics in the U.S., they are 25% or more of the population of some of the biggest states like California, Texas, and Florida. And more importantly, nationwide, Hispanics are the first or second most prevalent ethnicity in more than 40% of U.S. counties. In fact, it's, it's very interesting we've seen from this data in the census that the top 10 states with the fastest Latino population growth are outside of the 10 largest states by Hispanic population. So the growth is not just coming from the large Hispanic states, but from many other parts of the country. Um, one data that I really love um, you know, sharing mm. is economic output or what you will define as the GDP of Hispanics. It's about 2.9 trillion, and this is 60% wow. higher versus 2010. In fact, uh, an interesting fact is that if um, U.S. Latinos were considered a separate economy, they will be the seventh largest economy in the world, tied with France and larger than Italy, Brazil, mm -hmm. Canada. Another important fact Jill, is that they are also younger. In 2019, the median age for Hispanics was 29.8 years old, so just under 30 years old, versus right. 40.8 years old for non-Latinos. So that's more than 10-year gap. And the most common age for Latinos is 11 years old, while for non-Hispanics is 58 years old. So it can it give you an, a huge idea of the you know importance of um, this demographic through uh, also the fact that they are younger. But 
um, the influence of Hispanics in this country goes well beyond the economic impact. It is present in culture, music, food, and many of the everyday aspects of life in this country. Just a couple of facts that, you know, I, I know, I'm sure you will appreciate. Right. You need to sell tortillas, tortillas in this country, in the U.S., are more than two times larger than of hamburger buns. Uh-huh. And salsa has grown more than twice faster versus ketchup among non-Hispanics. So again, you can see the influence, uh, the influence of Hispanics across many aspects of um, everyday life in the U.S. And vice versa, does PepsiCo have a very big footprint in Latin America? Oh, yeah. We are present um, pretty much in you know every market of Latin America. We've been present in some of these markets for many, many years since the beginning of you know the last century. So, yes, our footprint in, in Latin America is quite significant. It is one of the strengths that we have behind our Hispanic strategy in the U.S. is the fact that we can leverage this footprint from, you know, innovation, brands, uh, know-how, and, you know, knowledge of the consumer. The Hispanic Business Unit was launched last year. What is the mission behind this new business unit? Well, basically, um, is is a great question because, you know, we've been present in the U.S., as I said, for over 20 years with our brands, Sabritas and, and Gamesa. And in 2020, PepsiCo Foods North America established this dedicated Hispanic business unit, which is going to help us refocus, you know, the approach that we have to serving this critical consumer. So we have really an aspiration to become the best love food and beverage company among U.S. Hispanics by engaging their hearts and minds in their authentic voice. And it's something that we really are passionate about. So through this unit, we're able to unleash the power of our Hispanic brand portfolio, you know, leveraging the popularity and quality for products. I mean, I grew up in Venezuela. I live in Peru. I live in Mexico. I work in Colombia, in many parts of Latin America. And I can tell you that these brands, Sabritas, Gamesa, Natchezips, are loved in all the places where they're present. So we want to, you know, leverage that love with both the Hispanics and non-Hispanic consumer audiences in the U.S., and so this is really important for us as a, as a Hispanic business unit is we have a huge responsibility to um, demonstrate authenticity to this mm-hmm. Hispanic community and to have our products reflect their passion. I mean, Hispanics are known because of their passion and the values that they have. So we want to deliver, you know, the value, the quality, the variety we know our consumers expect from our company. Where are these products produced and at what capacity? Well, actually, it's, um, you know, there's, there's, they're produced in different places depending on, on the brand. So right. Gamesa, for example, the Gamesa cookies and crackers are baked in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But um, Sabritas and Nacho Chips, the, you know, the products that we see in the U.S. markets are mainly produced in the U.S. Uh, for those brands. So we have, you know, depending on the, on the brands, producing different manufacturing uh, facilities. Um, all right, you know, our goal is to always look to bring these authentic products to our consumer. So we do this by bringing, you know, family memories and taste to our products. And but at the same time, we keep innovating, you know, and evolving our products to meet, you know, changing consumer taste and preference. So this is very important is balancing, you know, heritage and tradition with um, this innovation and evolution. Natuchi, for example, is a brand that is all across South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. And it has a strong connection to local consumers. I remember I was part of the team uh, in Latin America more than 10 years ago when we evolved our plantain brands in different countries to natto chips. And a great example um, that I, I love to share with you of how our brand, you know, natto chips is connected to the communities happens in Colombia. You know, there is a mm-hmm. community called Belén de Umbria, where right. over 
50 women that escaped from the guerrilla in Colombia, working our facilities and peel, you know, the bananas and the plantains that we use for these products. So thanks to these jobs, these women have been able to raise their kids in a safer environment. So Nato Chips is a brand with purpose that empowers women. And it's a growing brand that, uh, you know, we are proud to now help expand the presence of this brand across the U.S. So just to, you know, complete the, um, you know, the, the question or the answer to your question about uh, distribution, mm-hmm. our hope is that by expanding this distribution, we're going to be able to bring all these beloved brands to many, you know, um, U.S. Hispanic consumers. Do you see these brands appealing to other Americans beyond the Hispanic community? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, a lot of the flavor cues that, um, you know, that are found in the Hispanic market now have a broad appeal with our consumers um, that not necessarily Hispanics, you know, for example, you know, spicy flavors, chili uh, or flaming hotline. So uh-huh. these flavors are not only popular with Hispanic consumers. In fact, spicy and tangy snacks are growing popularity in every region of the U.S., and growing by more than 9% over the past year in the case of spicy snacks and more than 5% in tangy snacks only in one year. So they're over-indexing also with key groups like Gen Z or millennials or African-Americans. So uh, in addition to Hispanics, obviously. So they, um, you know, they have an influence um, of the Hispanic consumer. You know, the Hispanic consumer has an influence that goes far beyond, you know, that cohort. So as a matter of fact, most of the growth that we're seeing, what we call intense flavors, is mm. coming from non-Hispanic consumers. So definitely, um, I see a huge opportunity of growing beyond the Hispanic community. Hispanic Heritage Month, is that this month? It is, yeah. It is started on the 15th of September, right. and uh, it goes through the 15th of October. And what is PepsiCo doing to mark this month? Well, we are celebrating, you know, many different ways. You know, for example, we are um, started, you know, announcing this multimillionaire investment to expand our sales routes um, to make sure that our products are always and everywhere, as I shared earlier. So, um, and allowing us to support Hispanic communities, restaurants, and customers. We're also celebrating uh, the fact that our products are more accessible to our consumers across the country. We have. Um, great activation programs um, at retailers to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month because we know that this is a very important month for Hispanics and they appreciate when retailers and companies celebrate and recognize the value of uh, Hispanic heritage through um, their influence. But it goes well beyond this month. I mean, they, 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 you know, we know that our Hispanic consumers and customers want to be recognized every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I want to share another um, fact, which is if, um, that we have what we call an employee resource group, an ERG, that we call Adelante uh, in PepsiCo. And this um, ERG has been celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month within our company, and they're doing an amazing job bringing awareness and celebrating Hispanic culture. So only this month, for example, Adelante has organized more than a dozen events that cover a wide range of topics from music to leadership to Hispanic history to education about the Hispanic consumer. So, so far, this month of September and October have been filled with color and Hispanic pride, and we are you know, very excited about that. Now, talking about the snack sector in general, what are the changes that you've seen in the sector over the past year? And how well, do you see the rest of 2021 panning out? That's a, that's a great question because, I mean, is um, I, I think if anything, you know, this past year has demonstrated that the uh, 
challenge of making predictions or trying to guess what the future is going to bring. But what I can tell you is that we, we have learned a lot from the pandemic. I mean, it has brought us many learnings and actually it has supported our growth. So, you know, our omnichannel growth happened faster than we or anyone could have predicted, you know, mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. So we, you know, pre-pandemic, we said that we thought we we're aggressive growth goals for, for example, our e-commerce uh, sales. And we achieved those, those um, goals four years ahead of a schedule because the adoption of e-commerce accelerated into 2020 and over the past year. So these actually require us to vastly accelerate our focus and investments in online fulfillment and planning, and it requires a lot of energy and balance um, to help us keep up with this shift in consumer you know, preferences. We also reorganize our customer team in PepsiCo to, um, you know, in Frito-Lay to better align with the current retail environment. So becoming a lot more omnichannel focused and channel agnostic. So basically, we stood up a new functional organization that we call the growth office that is helping us, um, you know, increase agility, flexibility and improve our end-to-end -end commercial processes, you know, providing a better wiring of all of our strategies end-to-end uh -huh. -end across the entire chain. We've seen changes in supply chain investments and you know capabilities to better address these changes in, in the demand that we're seeing. So we're having more meaningful discussions with our retail partners um, on how we can work together to more closely make the necessary changes given this acceleration. Things, for example, on service, you know, um, this could be as simple as, uh, you know, for example, pulling forward our service schedules to 4 a.m., you know, 4 in the morning to ensure we have the right inventory as online orders were getting picked up, you know, earlier in the day. So uh -huh. all change that with a dramatic impact on, on how our in-stock and online order fulfillment, you know, works. Or um, we are making significant investments in um, the way we manage data. We're having more meaningful discussions about data and analytics, both within the company and with our customers. So to help us, you know, better uh, use this data to drive business benefits. So, for example, with one of the key, you know, concierge partners that we have, our data teams work with their tech teams to get a daily out-of-stock read at the individual store level. So this is giving us uh, amazing intelligence about, you know, which, you know, the way shoppers are visiting their stores, um, mm -hmm. they are visiting the stores sometimes many more times a day than um, in the past, you know. So we're seeing all this data um, uh, making, you know, a lot of contribution to the way we're working with our customers. So, and there are many, many examples of how we are doing, you know, we launched, for example, snacks.com um, right. in less than three months to ensure that our products are always and everywhere. And by the way, our Hispanic products are pressing in snacks.com and we have a special you know, promotion because of Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, you mentioned PepsiCo's recently launched O. Juntos Crecemos, which means Juntos. together we grow. So Juntos is together and Crecemos is we grow. How is this initiative aligned with PepsiCo's far more global commitment towards uh, inclusivity and diversity? Oh, it's, uh, you know, fully aligned and it's part of, you know, uh, part of our vision of, um, you know, purpose. So basically, as you know, PepsiCo and Frito-Lay have a long-term relationship with, you know, Hispanic food and beverages, small businesses across the country. And right. seeing, you know, the hardships of this community and the community, you know, the way it has faced all this hardship as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we feel that we're in a unique position to provide these small businesses with the tools and the resources they need to boost their businesses, you know, because of our presence um, across this market. So 
because we recognize that these businesses are critical to our culture and to our economy, um, but that they at the same time have been facing um, systemic barriers to the success for many years. So the aim of this program, Juntos Crecemos, is to help address some of those barriers by providing access to capital, to mentorship, to training, while at the same time helping these businesses develop new business opportunities and raise visibility of what we think is a highly important part of the foods and very sector across you know the entire um, community getting back to the hispanic business unit how do you see this evolving over the short term and the long term well i mean we we've seen the uh, since we launched this business unit on our food business uh, only last year so literally about 18 months ago uh, we've seen an amazing evolution you know um, we are focusing our efforts on what we call you know authenticity and uh-huh. availability so basically um ensuring that our products deliver this authenticity across our portfolio so that we can connect with consumers, you know, connecting with Hispanic consumers through language, which is very important as well. You know, um, we've been, for example, uh, implementing in the point of sale um, uh, bilingual point of sale material, you know, in both English and Spanish. And that's making a, a significant difference because even though the majority of Hispanics in the U.S. speak English, they love when brands and retailers connect with them in their you know, language of origin, um, mm-hmm. which in the majority of cases, obviously Spanish. So um, that's one example. For example, right. another example right. is by connecting, you know, with passion points like soccer, which is love across not only Hispanics, but many demographic groups in the U.S., but Hispanics in particular have a strong connection with this sport. So through our connection with the UEFA Champions League, we're able to connect, you know, this program of UCL, what we call UCL or the um, Champions League, um, with consumers in the U.S. So that's another thing that we've been doing um, over the past you know, year or so and has been growing very fast. So we also continue to develop new portfolio options. As I mentioned, we just recently launched our plantain brand, Natu Chips, and we have more products in our pipeline to continue innovating and bringing these brands and these products that are growing fast in the U.S. Um, to more and more consumers, increasing the availability of our products to you know, the expansion of our distribution network, increasing awareness across the entire organization, across the entire PepsiCo organization, but also externally about the importance uh, of this cohort. And finally, but not least, I mean, obviously supporting the communities, you know, the way we're doing it with Juntos Crecemos. We also launched another um, um, program earlier in the year called Team of Champions to Uh support uh, underserved, you know, black and Hispanic communities and provide better access to, you know, the sport of soccer or or football. So, there's many examples of how we see then um, our Hispanic business, business unit evolving um, in, you know, through uh, the years. Has the pandemic had an impact on the functioning of the unit? Oh, yes, for sure. You know, I, as everybody else, I mean, as I mentioned, uh, from the business side, you know, we've been expanding as a business to um, meet consumer demand to more, better access to e-commerce, for example, e-commerce channels. So that's one way. Um, so providing access to this snack that comp, um, um, portfolio or platform to provide um, these brands to the consumers that are able to uh, buy them through snacks.com. So um, some of the other ways is being affecting or impacting the function of the unit is by accelerating our learning of omnichannel, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that our team members understand better you know how to work in this new omnichannel world um the way you know ways of working for example is a, is another uh, impact that is having you know my team is 
present or live in different parts of the US. We're not only, you know, we're all not all in the same location. So we connect obviously using many of these virtual tools that you and I are connecting today. Um, and basically, um, I've been able to do, for example, virtual market tours. So imagine, you know, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, since we couldn't travel, um, and I was really eager to know, you know, better know our customers and the opportunities in the stores, our teams in the field, you know, uh, conducted virtual market tours. So literally walking through the stores with a camera and showing right. us basically what they were seeing, you know, the opportunity. So that allows to, um, you know, not have a barrier because we couldn't be present um, in terms of how we develop our portfolio. So I think the pandemic, although has been incredibly difficult for the Hispanic population, which have been hit hard during this um, this time, mm. um, we have learned that as a company, we have a role in supporting them. But at the same time, we have also evolved as human beings and as you know, uh, leaders um, becoming a lot more empathic and a lot more, um, I think, knowledgeable about you know the, the challenges and the opportunities that, that surround us. Mm.